Well, praise the Lord, my friends. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we're in a series entitled No Lack. And today's subtitle is More Than Enough. I know that you will be richly blessed as you hear today's word. By the way, don't forget that we are in a building project. That's right. The Lord has commissioned me to build the house of the Lord. I am so grateful for this opportunity. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to sow a seed to give into this building project. I know that you will be eternally blessed and I will be eternally grateful as you help me to raise the house of God. The Lord said, rise up and build. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Well, to give is very simple. You can mail in your donations to P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia 30110. That's P.O. Box 1285, Bremen, Georgia 30110. You can also give online on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. You can give your contribution there, or if you prefer, you can also text your giving. Just text the number 770-766-ROCK. That's 770-766-7625. That's what ROCK the number comes out to be that 770-766-7625. I'm telling you, I'll be so grateful. And I'm so grateful for you, my friend, partnering with me to share this gospel of Jesus Christ. If you've never given before or never supported the broadcast before, now is the time to do it. Let's rise up and build the house of the Lord. For more details, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, More Than Enough, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. When you get Matthew 14, say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, praise God. All right, let's go ahead and do just a little bit of reading here. Matthew 14 and... Uh, We'll actually, just, just reading just a few verses here. We were here on last week as we spoke from the subject of uh, no lack, and we're going to continue in that series because it's the Father's desire, and it is my desire that you have no lack in your life. And actually, this is, a, this is an established truth. This is an established truth that has already been written in heaven concerning you and I, but we have to walk into the blessings of God. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that the Father has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Scripture says he hath done it. Already past tense. It has already happened. So heaven says, I've already released it. I've already released it. But we look around, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. And most of the times we side with what we see instead of what we have heard. So in this series, what we want to do, I pray by the spirit of God that you would allow yourself to open up and receive and take in what God has already said. Amen. All right. Let's look at it. 
Um, Matthew 14, uh, let's pray first. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for this day and for the awesome things that you have already planned out for us. Thank you, Father, for the anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy. Thank you, Lord, that we can abide in your peace, abide in your presence, and that all is well. Great Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you, and we thank you so much that you are here and that you are the teacher. You're the one who fills us up. You're the one who encourages us. You're the one who blesses us. And we thank you today, Lord God, for your word and for what you have done, what you will do, and what you are uh, what you're doing at this very present. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. All right. Uh, Matthew 14. Let's get right back into it. Verse number 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with what? Compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. Verse 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. You know, that always astounds me when the disciples order Jesus around. Send him around. Just send him away, Jesus. Send him, send him away. Or, or when Peter told Jesus, this shall not be, Lord, this shall not be unto you. It never, it never ends out well. It never ends up well when we go around ordering God around. Just, just a general rule just to tell you about that. Uh, so let's see. They say, send them away that they may buy themselves victuals or something to eat. But Jesus said unto them, oh, here's the response. I love it. Teaching moment here. They need not depart. Give you them to eat. You give them something to eat. Now, we already know that there are historians say that there are over 15,000 people in attendance there. We know at the very end of this that 5,000 men were fed, not including the women and the children. So a fair estimate is about 5,000. And Jesus tells them, you give them something to eat. 5,000 persons. You feed them. Interesting. Let's read on a little bit further. Uh, verse 17. And they, and they say unto him, we have here, uh, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. Verse 18. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and, and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave to and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did eat. They did all eat. Rather, they did all eat and were filled. And they took up uh, of the fragments that remain. How many? Twelve, Twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, we said last week the true value of the the true value of this text uh, is really twofold. I'm sure there's more, uh, but two that I see right now. One, we see the character and nature of God, how he wants to use you to bless others how he wants to use you to bless others because Jesus could have snapped his finger. He could have done something. He could have done it all himself. But in fact, what, but instead what he does, he uses the disciples to meet the need. He gives the fragments or rather he gives the pieces, the five loaves, two fishes. He gives them to the disciples and the disciples are used to feed the multitude. So God wants to include you in the miracle. Say with me, God wants to include me. In the, in the miracle, you have a part to play. You have a part to play. Amen. Yeah. 
also we see how God wants to lavish, lavish his people. The Bible says that they were all filled. The word filled there means to be fully satisfied. It means also in the Greek, it means to fatten, just like uh, um, Thanksgiving time. Fatten. They were all fattened. Anybody know about being fattened after you've eaten? Uh, I got one man here who says, yes, I know about being fattened. He said they were fattened. In other words, they were able to eat as much as they wanted to eat until they were satisfied. That's God's plan for our lives. He wants to lavishly lavish you. He wants to give you abundance. He wants to give you increase, overflow. Because understand, we see this because Jesus could have very well said, all right, well, everybody, uh, I'll give you a couple of crackers. I'll give you a couple of pieces, just, just, just enough until you get home. He could have very well done that. Just let me give you just enough until you get home. See that same thing there in the book of Genesis where, where the father gives Adam and Eve all manner of fruit to eat. All manner of fruit to eat. And he made it all taste good. And he made it beautiful. He didn't have to do that. He could have gave them just some, some sort of slimy stuff on the ground. There it is. You eat that. And that's enough to get, knock the hungry off you and you can get some more tomorrow. No. But the father, look at the father's love for you. Look at his compassion for you. He wants not only give you good things, but he wants to give you things that taste good, things that are good. He wants to fill you to the full. He wants you to be fully satisfied. Turn to your name and tell him, God wants you to be fully satisfied. So we got to get that in our mindset. We got to get it in our mind. Remember, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life. And how? Have it what? More abundantly. The word, the word more abundantly means to the full, to the excess, to the overflow. In other words, God wants you to thrive. He wants you to thrive, not just live, but he wants you to thrive. So that's the mindset of God towards you. And we'll show you more in the word of God. But that's his mindset towards you. But we've got a breakdown, breakdown between the ears. It's a breakdown between the ears. We keep thinking that what we see is all that there is. And I'm telling you that it is not. Let's look further in the word of God today. All right, let's go back now. Let me show you. Uh, okay, also, I need you to see this as well. This case, not as Jesus doing this miracle as God, because if you see him doing this miracle as God, that means you can't follow, can't follow it because you are not God. Amen. Some of you may not have believed that. Let me say it again. You are not God. Can I say that with authority? You are not God. So you can't do a miracle like God because you are not God. If Jesus did this miracle as God, then we couldn't follow. But because he did the miracles, the work, working of his ministry as a spirit filled man. That we can follow. A spirit filled man being led of the father. Devoted and submitted to the Father, to the Heavenly Father, that we can follow. So, remember Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. 
and greater works shall you do because I go unto the Father. He wants us to follow. He wants us to follow. And here's giving them a teaching moment that there's more resources. There are more resources available that you cannot see, but they are, but they are within your hand or within your grasp. They are at hand. Are you hearing? They are at hand. And so this whole lesson is to teach us. This is a teaching moment for us uh, so that we can discover what is at hand, what is available to us. This is not a myth. It's not a fairy tale. It is not wishful thinking. There, there are kingdom resources that are available to all of us, regardless of your age. Regardless of your age. That if we would just tie in with our mind, just receive it into our heart, believe and receive it and walk it out, you will see it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So let's look at it again. And so we know the disciples said, hey, we're in a desert place. There's nothing here to eat. They said, Lord, send them away that, so they can get themselves something to eat so that they can go find themselves provision. Jesus says what? They need not go away. Jesus is seeing another picture. He is the king of the kingdom. And is instructing them how to find these kingdom resources. Now, look, he says to them, um, really, in verse number 16, Jesus said, but uh, but Jesus said to them, they need not depart, uh, give ye them to eat. Now, in verse in Mark, you can make a note of this, Mark 638, the same account, Jesus asked the disciples, uh, he asked the disciples, what do you possess? What do you have? What do you have? What's in your hand? What's in your hand? And then they came back and said, well, we got five loaves and two fish. Listen, before you receive your miracle, now we're talking about the mechanics of this, how to interact with the spirit world, how to interact with the supernatural, how to interact with the kingdom of God that is available to you. Remember there in, in Matthew, the sixth chapter, Jesus told the disciples in the crowds, he told them, uh, think not or rather don't worry about what you would eat or drink or what you will put on. But this is what you do. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. All these things shall be added unto you. We know in this case they started out with five loaves and two fishes, but they were able to feed over 15,000 people. I want to know where did all the other come from? Are you hearing me? And how can I get that to work in my life? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One thing you're going to discover uh, is the law of multiplication. I pray we get to that today. The law of multiplication to multiply what you have. But now, after Jesus has them to confront what you have, because we often will see a need being so great and we won't take issue or we won't go look around as to what we currently have. Because we'll see it as so small, insignificant, it cannot possibly cover what we have. These five loaves and two fishes cannot possibly cover the need, cannot possibly feed all of these people. Cannot possibly do it. 
So we will really unintentionally sometimes just put it away. I mean, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. The first thing, the first rule we would say of the law of multiplication is that is that you have to acknowledge what you already have. Here's one experiment you can do on your calculators or your cell phones. Matter of fact, take out your cell phones right now if you can. And open up, open up your calculator, open up your calculator on your cell phone if, if you can. It's no big deal if you can't. There's no big deal at all. I want to show you something, the law of multiplication about this, okay? First thing the Lord Jesus does is he makes them acknowledge what they already have, what you already have. Okay, you know, they know, hey, we got five loaves, two fishes to feed over 15,000 people, plus 12 disciples in one Jesus. How is this going to work? Jesus forces them to take an inventory of what they have acknowledged, what you have, what you have. Or here's this experiment. Uh, Let's do. Five, five, uh, no, five times 1,000. Some of us don't need the phone. We got that, don't we? Five times 1,000 is what? It's 5,000, right? Five times 1,000 is 5,000, right? Okay. All right. Now let's do zero times 1,000. Zero. What does that mean? There must be something in hand to multiply. You can't multiply nothing. Even if you only have one, one times a million is a million. So what's happening here? The Lord Jesus is teaching them. As long as you have one, as long as you have five, you can get the whole need met. But you have to have something in hand already. You can't multiply zero. Are you hearing? So he forces them to look away from the need for a moment and go and take an inventory. We know from the book of John that they received these five loaves and two fish from a little boy's lunch. It said the Bible says from a a little lad here, he has this, which also blows my mind that for over 15,000 people, the only one that has something to eat is one little boy. 15,000 people. He's the only one, yes, yes. which also is just, it's quite amazing to me, but nevertheless, here it is. All right. So we see now, I want you to see, let's look a bit further as the Lord forces them to look, take inventory, take inventory. Next thing he says to them is, this is a hard thing. The next few things are hard things. So I pray you brace yourself. The next thing he tells them to do is bring it hither. Bring it to me. Bring it to me. Lord, I already don't have enough. You know I got to pay my light. You know I got to pay my gas. You know I got to pay my rent. You know I got to pay my mortgage. You know I got to pay my car note. You know I pay my insurance. I already don't have enough. Bring it to me. Bring me the little that you have. Bring it to me. Entrusted in my hands. Bring it to me. Lord, if we just keep it to ourselves, sorry, little boy. You know, Lord, we can go in the corner. 
There are five loaves. We can tear the loaves in half. You know, that's ten, ten loaves. I mean, that's ten pieces, Lord. And then the two fishes, you know, I get some, you get some. Hey, we'll tell the people, sorry. Are you hearing? That's exactly what's wrong in the world, right? We have a tendency as human beings when we don't have enough to hoard and not to release. One of the hardest things you'll have to do is that when you're facing insurmountable odds, something that looks so big, one of the hardest things you'll have to do is to put that, put the little you have in God's hands and trust him with it. We have the tendency to keep, to hoard, to be misers over the little, even though that little is not possible. It will not possibly meet the whole need. But let me keep and hold. Let me keep and hold it. Again, this would be one of the most difficult things that you'll have to do. Entrust it into the Lord's hands. You know it's not enough. Entrust it in the Lord's hands. Why does he want it? Because one times a million is a million. He wants to multiply what you have, but he cannot multiply nothing. Zero zero times a million is still zero. Are you hearing? You have to put the little in his hands. So it says, bring it to me. What? But Lord Peter's, his stomach is growling. Bring it to me. And so they bring it over to him. And let's see what happens after that. Are you still with me today? Amen. He says, bring it hither. And then what he does in verse number 19, look at that. Oh, that is so thrilling. What is 19 saying? That's right. That's right. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. In other words, he prepared them to receive what was about to happen. You have, this was a step of faith to prepare to receive what they were expecting. Prepare to receive what you are expecting. Say, Lord, I'm expecting the money. You at least have a bank account open. I'm expecting a new car. Well, have you checked on auto insurance? You know, you're going to have to have auto insurance. Is your driver's license current? I've known people who wanted a car, but didn't even have a driver's license. Put yourself in the position to receive. Put yourself in the position to receive. I'm expecting at now at least the maximum seating in this building, the maximum capacity. And so I placed out, uh, James and I went over and got enough chairs to fill out the maximum capacity of this building safely. Are all the seats filled today in the natural? No, no, they're not. But I prepared. I'm saying in in essence, sit down, get ready to receive what God is doing. This is the next hard thing, because I've known some people that were expecting another child. Expecting, oh, Lord, since the baby, since the baby, since the baby. God says, all right, prepare a nursery. Prepare to receive. Start buying baby clothes. Start buying this. Start preparing that room. Prepare to receive. You believe, so prepare to receive. Hallelujah. Respecting more business? Well, let's prepare and let's buy some business cards. Let's put up a website. Let's prepare to receive. 
Because as you prepare to receive, that's your, that's your demonstration of faith that you really believe what God's about to do. Prepare to receive. The next thing, of course, is waiting. Waiting. Lord, I prepared it. I've given it to you. Now we have to wait. Now look, verse 19. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and two fishes. Now here's the next thing here. He looked up to heaven. Looked up to heaven. In other words, now here's Jesus now being our example. We're switching gears. This is what you're going to have to do. So not only are you going to give God what you have, right? Secondly, what you're going to do then is prepare to receive the increase. Jesus prepared to receive the increase. This is what you're going to do. You're going to prepare to receive the increase. I'm not sure what you are expecting from God, but make room for it. Prepare to receive the increase. Tell your neighbor, prepare to receive it. Get things in order to get things in order and prepare to receive it. All right. Now he made him sit down. He took the fish and loaves that, that he was, that he had uh, received from them. Then he looked up toward heaven. In other words, he acknowledged the source of provision. He acknowledged the invisible. He looked up toward heaven. And here again, it goes against human nature because when we have little, we tend to look down. When we don't have enough, we tend to look down. We tend to pout. We tend to mope. We tend to be discouraged. And when you're discouraged, you look down. You look away from your source. Jesus acknowledged the source. Father, you are the source. You are the supply. He looked up toward heaven. What's the next thing he did? He looked up toward heaven and then he blessed. What does it say? He blessed. Looked up toward heaven and he blessed. Blessed what? What do you do when you're about to eat? You bless the food. Isn't that right? You bless the food. Now, here's another thing that's that's against human nature. When we have lack or little, we tend to curse it. Lord, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough to meet this. Nobody this and nobody this. We tend to curse the very thing that we have. We tend to curse the fishes and the loaves. Now, when you curse it, you diminish it. You had five, you very well may end up with zero because you curse it out of your own mouth. Instead of looking up and blessing, Father, I bless you for these five loaves and two fishes. I bless you for it. I bless you. I bless you. Instead of blessing, we tend to curse. And when you curse out of your own mouth, you diminish what you have. You could very well take the very thing that was already insufficient and bring it down to zero. And zero times a million is still zero. Against human nature. You know you don't have enough. You know the resources are not stacked up in your favor. But instead, what we tend to do is curse it. Curse it out of our own mouths. It's not enough, God. It's not enough, God. I'm not going to make it. This, this old toe-up mess, I can't deal with this. These people, I can't deal with this. We tend to curse out of our own mouths. And even though the Father's waiting to give a miracle, you've reduced it to zero. 
because of the things that we've said out of, out of our own mouths. Now, look at this. The word blessed here. I love this. The word blessed um, in the Greek is uh, eulogio. And eulogio means to praise. It means celebrate with praises, to invoke blessings. It means to consecrate a thing with solemn prayers. It means also to ask God's blessing on a thing. So as you're about to eat, you have your fishes and loaves there, whatever your fishes and loaves are. It may not be bread and fish. I'm not sure what you need to multiply in your life. You say, I don't have enough peace. I don't have enough joy. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough this. I don't have enough that. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Whatever it is. For you to say you don't have enough means that you got at least something. And instead of cursing the something that is not enough, begin to say, Father, I celebrate you for this. I celebrate you for these fishes and loaves. I celebrate you and I honor you and I praise you for these fishes and loaves. I praise you for what you've given unto me. I praise you for Remember the word bless means to celebrate. It means to praise. It means uh, to invoke a blessing upon that. That is, you're speaking a blessing on what you have. And it also means to ask God to bless it as well. Are you hearing? So now there is a now there is a shift. Y'all stay with me today. Amen. Now there is a shift instead of cursing our house, cursing our families, cursing our finances, cursing our ministries, cursing our businesses. Instead of cursing, now we're declaring the blessing of God over it. Now we're beginning to bless God for what we have. We're blessing him. Father, I bless you for the fishes and loaves. Lord, I celebrate you. I appreciate you. Father, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I celebrate you and I praise you. And out of my own mouth, I bless you. I bless you for this. I bless you for the money that I have. I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. And I ask you to bless it, Father. I ask you to bless Bless it. I ask you to do it. Are you hearing? So he took, he received it. Received the five fish and loaves. Unlike the disciples, there's not enough. To them, it was a crazy thing for Jesus to ask. What do you mean? Five loaves and two fishes and two little fish to feed over 15,000 people? This is foolish. But Jesus said, let me have him sit down. Y'all not aware of what's about to happen. Cause the people to sit down, get ready, get in position to receive, get in position to receive. Let me have it. Looks up toward heaven, speaks a blessing over it. Ask the father to bless it. He celebrates it. And then what happens? What is this saying? He blessed it and then he what? He what? He break it. He break. He break. I love this as well. This is so awesome. If you've got the rest, you'll get this too. He break it. He break. Say break. Break. 
In other words, he does what he can with what he can to meet the needs. He takes the one loaf and separates it. Now there are two. He's doing what he can with what he has to meet the needs. Instead of just frozen in fright. I don't have enough. I better hold it back. He does what he can with what he has to meet the needs. He begins himself to break it, break it, break it. This also is an act of faith. Break it, break it, break it. The disciples see, okay, they see him pray. They see him look up toward heaven. They see the multitude of people. What, what is Jesus doing? What is he doing? He's operating the kingdom. That's what he's doing. Operating the kingdom. He sees something invisible that's about to take place. He's operating, about to operate the law of multiplication. When you bless what you have, you keep the integrity of its number. Let me say that again. When you bless what you have, you keep the integrity of its number. If it's five, it remains five. When you curse what you have, it diminishes what you have. It could take five, depending on how much you curse it, it could take five down to zero. And no matter how many millions God wants to give you, million times zero is still zero. But when you bless what you have, when you celebrate the father with what you have, even though it's small, you say, Lord, this is not a, this is not possible. This is not, there's no way possible that this can meet all the needs of my family. There's no way possible, but I will honor you with this. You told me to bring it and I will honor you with this and I will celebrate you with this. Instead of hoarding, because we say it's not enough. Well, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. One of the most famous things I've heard from church people is I can't I I don't have enough to tithe. I I don't have enough to give. I, I, I don't have enough. Well, see, if you can't get what you have in Jesus's hands, how can he multiply it? Zero times a million is still zero. Does that make sense to you? And so he breaks it. He begins to do what he can do with what he has. Amen. Amen. He begins to give it out and he gave it to to his disciples and the disciples gave to the multitude. And everybody all ate and they were fattened. (laughs) They were made fat. Are you hearing if you, allow, if you allow me to, God wants to make you fat. Are you hearing? They all ate. They all were made fat. That is, they didn't all have a cracker, a little piece of something to tie them over, still being hungry. They were all fully satisfied. This is the mind of God as it relates to you. You to be fully satisfied. Have more than enough, not only just for you and yours, but also to share with others. Fully satisfied for you to pull on kingdom resources. Now, I've told you um, that um, last week I received a check and uh, uh, received another check. Praise God. Hallelujah. Outside of salary and outside of expected income. I'm receiving finances. How is that possible? How is it possible? I've been able to tap into kingdom resources. 
and it's multiplying and it's multiplying. The check that I told you that I just signed over, uh, that signed over to the church on last week, this week, there's another check in there. Not, not hearing, I'm not saying to build myself up, please, but I, I want to show you that this is working. Okay? Check that I signed over last week. There's another check now in the offering container that's um, 10 times that. Well, almost, wait, wait, no. About five times that. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing? Why? Multiplication. 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 Pastor, that happened to you because you're the pastor. That's why you're the man of God. Woo! You're the man of God. Woo! That's why I say, if it happened to you, no, it happened because I believe in what he said. Are you hearing? Yes. And I'm, I'm simply telling you this because I pray that it gives you proof that it's just not some words in a book. Praise Jesus. Now, the Bible declares here in Matthew 25, as we begin to close now, Matthew 25, verse 23. You can look at that if you want to. Matthew 25, verse 23. This further backs up what I'm what I'm telling you today and what we're going to be doing as we're closing. Y'all getting anything out of this today? Is it clear to you? Now the question is, will you do it? So let's not go out of this place cursing what we have, but celebrate God over what it is. Now again, that's not really easy. It's not easy, but it can be done. Through the grace of God, it can be done. So don't go through your house cursing, oh, this floor this, oh, these walls that, oh, my family this. Curse, curse, curse. You're sending out curses all over your own house, over your own family. You're diminishing and diminishing and diminishing them. Instead of that, go home and bless. I know they look crazy and jacked up. I understand that. Praise God. I know the situation. There's no way possible that these five loaves, two fish going to cover 15,000 needs. I know it's no way possible. It looks crazy. But look past the natural. Look up to your father and say, Father, I bless you for them. I bless you for the money. I bless you. I bless you for the attendance. I bless you for this. I'm not sure what you are facing, what you need to multiply. But instead of cursing, bless it. Bless, bless, bless. And then you ask the father to bless it. Father, bless them. Father, bless them. Increase them. Increase them, father. Father, bless them. I celebrate you for them. I celebrate you and I honor you. As the praises of God go up, the blessings come down. The enemy cannot stand in your praise. When you start praising God and exalting God, he begins to get uncomfortable and he begins to get out of there. Are you understanding? Amen. Hallelujah. You are kingdom people. You are children of the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, the Bible declares in the book of Colossians. You can look at it later. Colossians, the first chapter, verse 13. 
uh, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That who is talking about God? God the Father has delivered you from the power of darkness. From the power, the word power meaning authority, rule, dominion. God the Father has delivered you, you born again believer. He has delivered you from the power of darkness. Matter of fact, go ahead and turn there. Colossians 1. We'll get to... um. Matthew 25, just a second, but let me show you this. Go to Colossians, the first chapter, Colossians 1, Colossians 1, 13. Let me show you what God has already done for you in these closing minutes that we're, we're here together, together. Colossians 1. Nobody needs to say the devil's on my back, the devil's in my car, the devil's in my wallet, the devil's in my pocketbook, devil, 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 devil. This is one verse, and I'll show you, show you further on. This is one verse that tells you that God has already done a work for you. But we have a breakdown between our ears. Breakdown. And if we can't receive it, if we can't believe it and receive it and walk in it, we'll never see it manifest. This is why it's a good idea to confess the word of God over your life. Are you hearing let me go ahead and get it too. I can quote it, but I'll go ahead and get it too anyway. Colossians, uh, Colossians 1.13. Now, this is also another good verse for you to just memorize. Memorize. Colossians 1.13 says this. Who hath delivered us. Now, listen, as we see this, as we say this, the words that you see that are who, us, and uh, dear son, those are all placeholders. The who we know, if you look in the, in the uh, verse, verse 12, it says, verse 12 says, uh, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who, so we know verse 13, the word who there is who, talking about who? The Father. The Father. So we can put the Father's name there. Are you hearing me? So I can say the father have delivered. Now, who is the us? Us is the born again believer, the saints of God. So if you are a born again believer and a saint of God, you can put your name there. The word us, and I, I know this, I know this with all my heart. In an effort to condense the amount, in an effort to condense the size of the Bible, it has to put the word, God allows the, the writers to put the word us there. Because if it put all of our individual names, how big would the Bible be? Amen. That us is a placeholder for your name. Us, that is your name and the other members of the body of Christ. That's who the us is. Are you hearing me? All right. So as we look at this now, I want you to say your name when we come to us. Are you ready? All right. So I won't say who, because I know the who is, is the father. So I'll say the father hath delivered. That's right. In my case, I'll say Mark A. Stroud from the power of darkness and has translated. No, I'll say Mark A. Stroud into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, who is his dear son? Jesus has delivered us into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. All right, now let's look at that again. It says, here again, the Father hath delivered. That means to rescue you. Rescue you. This is something that has already happened. Hath delivered. 
Past tense, already done. The Father has already rescued you, delivered you from the authority of darkness. What's the power of darkness, authority of darkness? Anything that works in darkness. That is uh, demonic oppression, satanic oppressions, whatever it is, uh, sickness, disease, death, all of that stuff. Anything that the devil can rule over or has ruled over, God says, I've delivered you from the authority over. In other words, you don't have to take it. God said he has delivered you. Wow, that's great. He has pulled you from the rule and reign of the devil. Pulled you out of the power of the grip or the grip of the enemy. Pulled you out of it. Does that make sense? Now, God doesn't do it half job. He delivered you from the power of darkness and have translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. Translated you. In other words, once you were here, but now you're over there. Meaning that you cannot abide in two places at one time. God said, I pulled you out of the authority or the dominion of the devil. I pulled you out. The devil no longer controls you. He no longer can run you. I've done the work. I have pulled you out and put me where? Into the kingdom or under the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, God said, I've done the work. I pulled you out. But here we are in the earth saying, oh, God, help me. The devil's in me. Devil, devil, devil. The devil's called this. The devil called him that. Lord, do something, do something, do something. He said, I have done something. I pulled you out and I put you under the authority of my son. Amen. And now you have authority over the enemy. Amen. But there's a breakdown between the ears. We keep seeing the 5,000 and all we have are a few fish and loaves. And we keep cursing and saying it's not enough. When the father said, I've already given it to you. We're going to have to take this word as true fact. Are you hearing? There's so much more. We'll get to this and we'll probably be getting back to that in our uh, upcoming series, the Lord willing. But now let's go back to Matthew 25 and we'll stop here for today. What I'm trying to get you to see the best that I can is that there are more resources at your disposal than than you know of. But we can't operate the way we've been operating. We're going to have to have the mind of Christ. We have to tap into what the Lord has said. His instructions are very easy. To hear may not be so easy to do. Well, they're easy. Ask God for the grace. And it'll help you to walk in what it is. Now, it may take you a while because you've been cursing your stuff for quite a while. It may take a while to flip over and begin to bless. But as you begin to walk in that direction, as you begin to walk in it, you'll see the Holy Spirit empowering you. And you see things begin to line up. It, it becomes really difficult when you get disappointed. When you said, everybody sit down. But then nobody seems to be showing up. It can be disappointing. 
But at those times, that's when we praise God even more. When you've opened up the bank account, when you've gotten your driver's license or whatever you believe in God for, when you've, when you've, when you've gotten all things together and you're ready and it doesn't seem like it's coming, that's the time that you really exalt the Father and really praise him. Because after you put your one there, now it's time for him to do the times a million or the times whatever it's going to take. You do the one. You bring your, you bring your one. I've got my one. And he'll bring the times a million and gives you that outcome. You do your part. The father does his part and we'll see great things done. Last year, Matthew 25. Verse uh, 23, it says, his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, here's the next phrase. We really want to get the principle here. Thou has been faithful over what? A few things. I will make thee ruler over what? Many things. Into thou, into the joy of thy Lord. God said, just be faithful a little bit. Lord, I don't have enough. This is not enough to do anything with. Be faithful over that. Lord, I see thousands. I see thousands. Be faithful over the little. Be faithful. God's word is true. If you are faithful, indeed faithful over a little, he will make you ruler. Let's look at that again. What does it say? He, I will make thee ruler over many. In other words, he'll take you through a process of transition because the mentality of a few ruling a few or faith being faithful of a few is different from the mentality of being made ruler over many. He said, I'll make you rule the many. He's changing your character, changing your disposition, change what you think. You're being made a ruler. Are you understanding? He said, I'll make you a ruler. There's a difference between managing a little bit and being made a ruler. So many of us are in the period of time of transition where we have been faithful over a little bit. And we think there's nothing is happening, but in fact, he's making you into a ruler about to send you the many or the much. I pray you've heard the word of God today. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Amen. We pray that you were richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you, and we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.